welcome to the Vaudacity. I'm your host, Vaudy Puckett, and today we are on location in Manhattan. This is the first time we've ever had to do this because our guest is allergic to cats. <laughs> and apparently I brought some dander along with me. And the ironic thing is, is that her name is Kit Williams. <laughs> I can that it's Kit. Welcome to the show, Kit. Hello, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm amazeballs. And uh, what have you been doing lately? Well, let's see. Lately, I j- literally just got back about a week ago. I was in Amsterdam. I have a company called Lola, Ladies on the Lamb. Mm-hmm. And it actually was originated in Amsterdam. And it started... In the red light with- district? Huh? <laughs> no. <laughs> we started with um, the Ladies Who Lunch Tour. And that was my high fashion tour. We'd meet in the main district and we'd go and make hats. Mm-hmm. And then I'd take them to the Museum of Bag and Purses. And then we'd go to have a high fashion tea where they'd make little um, teas with look like little purses and shoes. And then I also did have the red light district. I had a red light district tour. And it was called um, the night um, the night tour. I only did it for a year. And I had two ladies who were twins. They were 80-year-old twin prostitutes. And they'd been in the business 50 years. Van Horn sisters. So they're like the best in the yeah, best. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, like they'd been doing it 50 years. They And if you ask uh, Martine, she'll say that she's still working. And I don't, I'm just like, oh, okay. Because now they're like 83. And like they dress the same. They're uh-huh. like, they still... They did tours um, up until about maybe a year or so ago. Yeah. They have a Netflix um, documentary as well. Okay. And they are hilarious. It's like asking your grandma like stuff, but she tells you how like, well, back in my day when I was a whore, I did like this with like 15 men and then I sucked this. And I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't know they invented that then. I know. And they did. Uh, yeah, I know. That's the thing. We all, none of us would have been here had they not exactly. Come up with that. But yeah, they figured it out. But um. So are are they involved in getting other uh, sex workers together, or is it just them? Well, it's just doing them. their thing. It's just them doing their thing. Um, and they're lovely. They're lovely people, and they had a um. A reality show mm-hmm. on Amsterdam's like public um, access sh- channel for a while, and they're they're definitely something special, right? And then um, they would do a talk, and then, then we'd also give the ladies a twenty five euro voucher so they could buy anything within the store because we went to um, um basically it was a sex sex toy store, sexateria, <laughs> pretty much, yeah. You get you talk about your sex. You can buy you some sex, and then afterwards we went to the museum of sex. Excellent. So it was a sexy evening, and it was right in the red light district. So you can walk around, look at the sexy windows, and the red and the blue lights. What's the difference between the blue lights? Yeah, what's a blue light mean? Blue light is for as the kids call today trans. Oh, yeah. So you know, if it's blue, maybe not for you, or it could. Who knows? Who knows? I'm not judging. Right. I'm just saying, you know, I I would be a red light girl if I was a girl, but I am a girl. So that says a lot. I don't know. Yeah. We might, we could edit some of these things out if it gets a little too much. Yeah. Um, So can you tell us a little bit more about Lola? Like it, it, like you said, you started this in Amsterdam and you've brought it. Well, Back I with started, you to New well, York? No, well, I started in Amsterdam. I really have always wanted to keep it more international than domestic. Uh-huh. Because I found for me and for my love of travel, I found I enjoy being out of the country. And I find that I'm treated better mm-hmm. out of the country when I'm traveling. And so I was like, well, you know, let me just see what else there is in the world to see. And. I ended up in Thailand, mm-hmm. and I didn't. I anticipated going to Thailand. I'm like, this, oh, I'll go. I'll have a little bit of fun. I'll come back. It'll be like one off the bucket list." And that was in 2015. Mm-hmm. It's now 2019. I think I've gone to Thailand now about nine or ten times. Oh wow! 
Yeah, I've started doing Muay Thai, which is a form of Thai kickboxing. And I do it basically for um, exercise, of course, Mm -hmm. but for mainly for Mm self-defense. It's like I never want to ever think about having to do that. But if I have to defend myself, I live in New York and I'm a female. I'm Mm -hmm. like, you know, I'm barely five foot four. I'm five foot three and a quarter, let's be honest. So... I just want to make sure that I can protect myself. And I find that the Thai people are so kind and giving. And I just started going and trying new things. And I find myself just going back like at least once a year, Mm -hmm. most of the time twice. And it's just, it's a wonderful experience. And so that's when I started to do um, Thailand Dreams, which I've done three trips out there now one major one with a group of ladies and it's basically a health and wellness um retreat Mm -hmm. it's nine days in deluxe accommodations or luxury accommodations whatever is whatever your wallet can take Mm -hmm. and it's um running muay thai in the morning yoga strength and conditioning a muay thai class in the evening tons of like um food outings we went zip lining we went on well or not well watching dolphins pink dolphins and it's just like a way to like go out and do something that's not only healthy but fun right and like and i'm also now because we're planning for the summer i'm planning a trip to africa and i'm going back to amsterdam but i'm also going to africa doing like um Kenya for a few days. Want to go see him? Maybe like have some tea with a giraffe, mm-hmm. and then do Tanzania. Gonna do a little safari, and then um, we're gonna finish up in Zanzibar and just kind of like relax and have a great time. Because I really want to try to start opening up Lola and doing a lot more just adventurous type trips. Mm-hmm. And I also want to do a. I'm planning a trip to Paris. And more than likely July or August, just for the fact that Paris has gone through a lot yes. um, as far as terrorism in the last few years, and especially over the last month. And um, I'm just one of those people, I'm like, if somebody's hurting, I'm going to give back the way, the best way that I can and I know how. And if that means I have to come in your country and buy some shoes, then by golly gee, that's what I'm going to mm-hmm, do. Mm-hmm. And uh, have you ever been to Africa before, or would this be a first-time trip for you? Africa proper, no. I've been to Morocco, which Uh is still Africa, but yeah, but I mean, so yeah, I mean, because that's still Africa, so Sub-Saharan Africa, Africa. Um, but it'd be a first-time seeing, like, animals that people actually, like, when you think of Africa, you're like, yeah, that's what I want. And I'm just (laughs) so, like, because my friend had to really talk me into the safari, because I'm like... You want me to sleep in a tent for how many days outside? <laughs> you're not. You're not a camper. To see an animal? No, <laughs> I am not. But it's more glamping. Uh huh. So it's it's gonna be yay the best time ever. I'm gonna have a great time. Good. Yeah, good. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy about it. See, I, I like camping. Camping's fun. It's just you need to be prepared and know what you're getting yourself into. Well, yeah, you do. Um, you do. But um, talk about me. What is that? What what in the world? Hi, I'm Lexi, and she's not talking about me because I'm really pissed off. Lexi, I don't think this is the time to do this. It is time. I'm sorry. Hi, I'm just gonna apologize right now. Lexi um was the original face. I am the face. She was the original face of Ladies on the Lamb, and then well, this year we decided to go a different direction. She fired me. No. <laughs> We decided to go a different direction, Lex. It had nothing to do with you. You are I'm perfect. Okay, Lexi, I need you to calm down. I'm really trying to do this interview right now. Well, hold on. I want I want to get Lexi's input on this. Lexi, you have some lovely green hair. Thank you. Um, did Your you just body. get that Did you just get that done for me? Well, I heard you were coming and even though she fired me that heartless woman, I'm sorry. I know it's a it's an emotional thing. I'm, it really is. I mean, I'm surprised you're even here. I I heard you were coming, and I just wanted to have my story told and heard. I mean, I was from Lola from the beginning. 
There would be no Lola without Lexi. And what 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 did you contribute to this to the to Lola? What was your main reason for the what what did you bring to the Lola team? Well, you see, I am a puppet. Oh, a that- green beautiful frog puppet. Everybody loves a puppet. Yes. Now Kit felt well in the world that we lived in, sometimes people would get intimidated when you look different. Mm-hmm. But when you're a puppet, everybody always wants to talk to me. And so, well, I became the face, she became the brains, and here we are. And, well, even the stewardess loved me, and they would give me upgrades and free booze. And, well, once the booze came, Kit was wonderful. Everything was <laughs> great. Now she gets booze on her own, and she doesn't need me. Lexi. How, how do you get booze on your own, Kit, if you don't have a puppet to help you? I have money. Oh, you use your money? Yeah. You don't just use your charm? No. Like Lexi can? Well, she uses her charm because she's green, and so she feels like because she's green and money's green, mm. it all will work itself right. out. Yes. But I know how the world works because, well, I have a brain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Try me again, Lexi. I'll put you back in the bag. Sorry about that. Yeah, what you guys can't see at home is that Lexi is very scared. She's trembling. She's trying to hold her composure. I think she's going to take a swing at Kit. I think she might. I think. Oh, my God. Lexi. Lexi, don't do that. Don't do that. I'm I'm scared. Vaughty, Vaughty, call the police. Oh, no. Lexi, stop it. Stop it. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh, she just she just bit Kit on the throat. I don't know if Kit's going to be able to deal with this. Okay, Vadi, I'm sorry. I'm so- we can continue. I'm just going to have to sit on her for a minute. Mm-hmm. Get off me! I'm just going to sit on I got her right here under my leg. We're fine. Don't worry about a thing. We can finish. Lola is what we were talking about. Lola. Yes, it's a Lola. great thing. Yes. <laughs> Don't worry about her. She's fine. She's Does she need to hang out with some other puppets? Is, oh, has the, it been a while since she's been with her own kind? Or Oh, she doesn't like other puppets. She doesn't like other puppets. No. No. no doesn't get along. She's a very bougie. <laughs> she's a very bougie, bougie puppet. She's a, she's more of a human yes. puppet. She gets, a, she gets along with rich people, though, and rich puppets. She always thought like Bert and Ernie were more of human puppets oh they were definitely more human puppets human puppets who really liked hanging out together right yeah well rent expensive on sesame street oh my gosh it's like living in i don't know san francisco i mean even big bird had to like make an imaginary friend just so he could survive snuffleupagus i mean shit oscar Oscar Trash just can. lives in the garbage. Like that, that right there. That that's some um, that's rent controlled right there. Because you know yeah. they're always going to put that back. <clears throat> some places you have to pay for your garbage removal though. So I don't know. <sighs> I don't know about in Sesame Street. No, that's some that's a pretty fancy neighborhood. So I bet you they'd have to pay. They probably do have like socialized medicine and garbage men there. Oh, I'm sure they do. I mean, they'd have to, right? It's. It's PBS, puppets. yeah. I mean, I'm sure. Or that... now it's HBO, so now oh. they're funded. They got that HBO money. Yeah, but that is that really money? I mean, yeah, people pay for HBO. Yeah, but does HBO pay the people? Oh, I don't know. I haven't looked into it. I'm it's, sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure Big Bird's getting. Well, Big Bird, yeah, Big Bird's making those big bills. Uh, but you know, like, what about that 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 chick? Which and I thought that the one that came after Elmo, that's now the girl, she's like the girl one whose name I never ever remember, like Netta or Etta or something. She's a real puppet or yeah. a real person? She's a real puppet. Okay. I don't know. I I was never into Sesame Street as a kid. For some reason, <laughs> I just kind of skipped over Sesame Street. And because I guess by the time I was cognizant, Elmo was out and about, and Elmo was just more about 
the me culture. He was all about himself. Yeah. What can you do for me? He wasn't about getting cookies like the Cookie Monster, or I don't even know what Grover's deal was. But Grover is just trying to be helpful. Yeah, he's just Grover is always been like Grover. He is my number. I'm gonna cover up your ears. Um. Grover is my number one. Mm-hmm. Like, if I was to ever end up in any kind of situation, Grover's the first one I would pick to be on my side. If you ever married the monster at the end of the book, Grover was the one who came up with all these ideas trying to keep that monster at the end of this book from getting to you. Grover was smart. Grover has super Grover was his alter ego. Mm-hmm. He knows how to fly. Grover can get you out of danger. Grover is like a MacGyver of puppets. Hmm. I never thought of it that yeah. way. Yeah. It's been a if while. you had to pick your favorite one and the one that you know, Grover's like a ride or die. When, Grover. When I was a kid, I did. we did go to Sesame Place, though, mm-hmm. which, you know, it's like the Disney version of Ses- Disney World version of Sesame Street. And, uh, I was a bit overzealous at the water park and, you know, my grandparents were like, oh, we're going to go over on this ride or whatever. And I was like, okay. So I sprint ahead and I turn around and I can't see any of my family. I start freaking out. I'm probably five or six years old at this point. I'm crying. These ladies come up and they're like, what's wrong? I'm like, I'm lost. And then eventually my grandparents came and found me. But then the next year... We all had little whistles that we were supposed to blow if we ever got separated. And, of course, then we never got separated because I was too traumatized from the last time. <laughs> um, but that I do remember coming home from Sesame Place, and it was around the time Princess Diana had died. Yeah. And since I was so young, I, I didn't know who she was. or But the way my family was talking about her was like they had owed her money or something like that. Like, oh, Princess Diana, she was so sweet and da 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 da. Like they knew her, and I was just like, who is this? Who, are we going this to this funeral? And you know, it took me a while to figure out like she was a princess over in the England, and but you know, has your family even been to England? No, not okay. in hundreds of years. <laughs> not that I'm aware of. I did do a DNA test. Yeah. And it said we were from England. Really? As I'm 4%. Right? Yeah. I did mine too. As like a white guy, <laughs> I feel like being from England is like the most boring place you could be from though. True. You know what I'm saying? Like, because everybody else is like. Like if you were from Wakanda, I'd be like, whoa. Or if even like a real place like Spain. Like if I, was, <laughs> I could be like, oh, yes, that's why I'm so fancy. And I like to do the merengue or whatever. But no, I was just like, it was like, you're the whitest person we've ever found. Um, congratulations. Are you also um, Irish? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I go to Irish pubs and Irish people come up to me all the time. And they're like, oh, where are you from, lad? And I'm like, Delaware. <laughs> they're like, oh, where's that? And I'm like, oh, it's under Jersey. Like, because I know there's a Jersey over in Europe. So maybe they think that it's under there. Um, then they buy me a drink and it's all good. Well, see, that's how you wait. That's how you do it. Right. That's how you do it. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about having sent my DNA away to, to the dna testing place though because as you can see they've been you know solving crimes and murders with that stuff but it's like that's kind of an invasion of people's privacies like you think you're sending it away for this one thing and they're reappropriating it for something else did you kill somebody did you do something bad i'm not gonna say anything well i mean if you did then i would be worried (laughs) if you didn't then hey not your problem. Right. I mean, I, I do have a problem with it. I understand, like, uh-huh. the logistics of it all. But I also understand that as far as I am, I am aware, I have not done a broken any laws where I should be worried about them using my DNA. Now, do I believe them when they tell me stuff? No. But, I mean, my circumstances were a little bit different. So. Did you, when you took your test, did you find anything that stood out that was... Mm-mm. Like you were like Mongolian or anything? 
No, I was I was one percent Southeast Asian. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, you know, that's a that's a pretty big, you know, area. Right. I feel like when they say that, it just means like you also have arms and legs like a normal person exactly. would. Because <laughs> like, mindset, I was like, less than one percent Polynesian and less than one percent uh, Sub-Saharan African. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, yeah, that sounds about right. Just you're a human, just like those guys are humans, and uh, from there, everything else dissipates. Exactly. Yeah. I, I I really I agree with that 128 percent. Um, yeah, 128. So, when you you were recently in Thailand, and what did besides the Muay Thai? Can you tell us anything about like the food? I know they have like a great like street oh food gosh. culture. The street food there is amazing, and they would have um every night like um food markets, mm-hmm. and you could go and you could just point. And get whatever you want from like shrimp to even lobster to everything was like fried deliciousness goodness oh donuts pizza i mean and that was really weird but you would think that like why am i getting this mm-hmm. here but it was delicious and, it- and they would do like tons of pad ties and tons of low like like what was my favorite my favorite thing became the um Pak Pak Bong, which is actually, they call it um, morning glory, mm-hmm. which is kind of like a, it's like a spinach, but it's not a spinach, like mixed with garlic and butter. It is, oh my gosh, I love it in chilies. Um, every day I went next door to this place called Apples. Her name was Apple and she owned the, um, the restaurant next door, the laundromat next to that, the shirt and... Thai place thingy next to that. Oh, so she's running the place. Oh yeah, and then her husband owned the um, motorcycle rental across mm-hmm. the street. Is that how you guys got around? Uh, motorcycles, yeah, yeah. That was. Um, I did not motor. I don't motorcycle yet. I still don't want to learn because, mm-hmm. well, it's. Well, do you know me. how to bicycle? Um. Yeah, I know how to ride a okay. bike, but I'm a better runner walker. And like, I'll ride on other people's motopeds. Mm-hmm. They'll like drive me around, or I'll take the tuk tuk, mm-hmm. which is just like a, um, basically like a van. You just hop on the back and you just ride to where we go, like the back of the truck. Um, but I found, and this is the the one thing that a lot of people don't realize when you're traveling, and this is all. Oh, this goes back to my whole job too. This is the thing I have to say: travel insurance. Always get it, A, because if you have an accident, you're really going to need it. Mm-hmm. But the thing a lot of people don't realize is that they'll get travel insurance thinking, oh, like if I have a bike accident in Thailand, I'll be covered. But the thing is, if you don't have a license to drive a bike like a motorcycle in the States, then even though you buy insurance, you're not covered for it right. in another country because you're not licensed for it. And Thailand has this basic rule is that if anything happens to you while you're there, it's your fault because you chose to come to Thailand and come yeah. to the city. So I literally had a friend of mine get hit. She was on her bike. She's a fighter. And the guy hit her, looked at her, and drove off. And he and like she was on her bike and he was in his car. And then as we were sitting at Apple's, as a matter of fact, the restaurant, this taxi comes zooming down a hill. This guy on his bike is on his um regular like bike, not a motorbike. Going up, going up and around. Taxi comes, hits the guy. Oh, sorry, Siri. Siri hears something and she's just Siri off. always getting up in our business. No, she's. I think it's. You know, they can hear us. So. <laughs> but the thing was that um, so like I was saying, so the guy was, the taxi comes down, hits the guy off the bike. The guy flies off of his bike, hits the ground. The taxi driver gets out of his car. Picks up his license because, you know, they have the front tag mm-hmm. on the license. It had fallen off because he hit the guy so hard. Picks it up, dusts it off, gets in back into his car, drives away. Doesn't even ask the guy if he's okay. Mm-hmm. But that's Thailand. That's just the, yeah, just the way, way it the is. Cause exactly. Everybody's just kind of out on their own type of thing. Exactly. And th- they still have a monarchy, right, in Thailand? I don't really want to say. You don't want to say? Yeah, I just, like, you never ever wanted to, they had. Like, you a, don't know, or, like, you do know, but you, you don't want to go on record. Oh, no, 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 like, they have a king. <laughs> like, okay, they, right. it, like, it's definite, but, like, even talking about, like, 
their faith and stuff uh-huh. and like how they treat like it's so scary to me and i know i want to go back i never even want to say anything uh-huh. negative because like i don't want to say anything negative because you never know next thing you know you're trying to go through immigration and they're like this oh we've been waiting for you mm-hmm. and i know i'm no one and i know they may never ever hear this but i just don't trust them i know it's crazy. right you don't know i understand i have similar paranoias myself that people are like dude you're crazy and i'm like yeah but i know you don't know what they <laughs> and I know. I don't want to test it, you know? Because um, I have a wonderful time there and everybody's lovely. And I'm just like, I like to live my life and be happy. And when you're in Thailand, are you mostly on like a, the coast or are you inland? Like, because it's not a very big country, right? No, no. Um, I'm mostly on the islands. So I'm on outlands because uh-huh. I'm not on the mainland. And, um, I usually spend a, uh, the majority of the time in Samui, mm-hmm. Koh Samui, which is about an hour flight, maybe about 40 minutes, 40 minute flight from Bangkok. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful. Now, I do worry about like, you know, the weather sometimes because like at one point I went and I ended up having to stay in Bangkok like for three days because the flooding was so mm-hmm. bad in Samui, I couldn't even get into the city. And then when I did get there, it was just like, what happened? But And those people just have to pick up the pieces of their life and try to get it. Yeah, back and rebuild. Going. But like the thing is, it's like there's the Samui where we the tourists stay, mm-hmm. and there's Samui where the real people live. Right. They usually live higher up in the mountains and stuff like that. So they don't really even deep and up in I'm sorry, the mountains in the jungle. So they really don't have to deal with a lot of like water damage and stuff like the so it's basically the businesses and stuff that get hit, but they're business owners, so they just rebuild and mm-hmm. you know, and they know they're gonna make their money because it's the tourist area. Right. So it's just kind of like, okay, you just have to have the money to rebuild. As long as you can rebuild, you're fine. And uh, do you ever take any of the lessons or you know ideas that you get from Thailand and or you know your travels and put them into your shows because i know that you also write and perform your own shows actually yeah and there's two things that i'm working on right now um one was my show which is called confessions of a a phone pro or sex pro and phone or phone ho and sex pro and i've met a lot of sex workers Mm -hmm. especially in thailand because like a I'm a 40 plus year old black woman who is just living my life traveling. Thailand is basically known for where older, like 60 year old plus Western men looking for young girls. So for me to go in a bar and get hit on, that wasn't really going to be ever, ever happening. Great. So I would go to this one bar, Molly Malone's. And I would just go, hang out, have a drink. And I loved it Mm because I could just sit there and chill. And it's like all of a sudden, like the ladies would start talking to me like, oh, your hair's so pretty. They talked to me. We just started chatting. And I mean, we broke in English because, well, they didn't speak a lot of English. Mm -hmm. And I definitely didn't speak any Thai. And I got to know a couple of the ladies. And they were lovely women. and And I found out they were bar girls. And I was like, well, what's a bar girl? And they basically have sex for money and um, men have to pay a bar fine for them to leave Mm -hmm. and you would think oh you're hanging around a bunch of prostitutes but these prostitutes had stories like one woman she had been married had a family and then her husband died right and then his kids from a previous marriage took everything left her with nothing and she had no choice but to come back to this life and she was in her Mm mid-40s who wants to come back to that and I find some of their stories just so heartbreaking and then some of them just wonderful because it's just all about survival because I find that the Thai people, their belief in sex is not as Americans. Americans, we on a sexual level, we can be very prude, especially in comparison to the Thai. Thai right. people think of like sex as like going to the bathroom. It's just something you do. So they don't have the hang-ups that we do. Um, and I say we, I'm not sure about... Americans from the Northeast versus like I'm from the South. Mm-hmm. 
the Southwest. So it's pretty much like, oh my goodness, we don't do that. And we definitely don't do that. That's nasty. Right. Well, you have to understand like America was founded by the people that were too prudent for <laughs> the Europeans. So, you know, yeah. So, so there, there's a strain of, uh, prudency amongst Americans in general. It's exactly. just a part of the culture that that's the religious freedom <laughs> was exactly. founded upon. And so I've been, like I said, I've been working on that and that I'm planning on doing in September, October of 2019 this year. And then also when I went to Amsterdam, I went for a few reasons. One was to go to um, the Michelle Obama Becoming Book Tour. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a member of various organizations, one being um, a women in business um, group there. And as one of the members of the chair, they're like, oh, would you like to go? We have a ticket for you. Da, 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 da. And also you can have a time to meet and greet and chat with Michelle Obama. And where was this at? This was in Amsterdam. at the. Um, oh, Siegel. she was in Amsterdam yeah. too. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, are you kidding? Because she has been inspirational to me. Um, over the last few years, I've been really sick. And basically one of the best ways for me to try to fight my illness is I had to lose weight. Mm-hmm. And at the time, Barack Obama was in office and Michelle Obama had kicked off her health initiative. And I would email her, I'd tweet her every birthday, like, girl, happy birthday. I'm look, I'm working for your arms. And I'd put a little picture in my, um, on my vision board, a mm -hmm. picture of her arms. So I was like, I really want Michelle Obama's arms. And whatever she said, eat, I'd eat. If she said, plant this, I'm going to want to <laughs> plant that. I was going to do whatever Michelle Obama said. I wanted, I just wanted her arms so uh -huh. badly. And I wanted to get healthy. And over the couple last three or four years, I've lost like 120 something pounds. Wow. And I still want to lose like another 60 more. But I also know that her and Barack had signed a deal with Netflix. And I'd also read that one of their next big initiatives is health and weight loss again. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to talk to her about it. And I got the chance. And it was so great because, I mean, even though it was like very, very rushed, we actually had a conversation. She's like this. Well, she's like, you should submit and let's, you know, you know, get your stuff in there. Like, you can come and talk for us. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. And then I'm like, this well, how I'm going to do that. I'm thinking to myself, and I'm like, this girl, you work in New York City in news. You can find out whatever you need to know. And lo and behold, just even today, I got the link and everything that I need uh -huh. to know and who do I need to send everything to. And I'm like, that's what it's about. Sometimes if you get a chance even to meet somebody, you've got to pitch yourself. Mm -hmm. And you got it's like what I call like the 30-second elevator pitch. You've got to be in there. you got to go hard. you got to be ready because you may not ever get that chance again. And so, like, I'm taking this opportunity. I'll take the pictures that we took together because we took two really cute pictures, me and Michelle, me and Mish, my mm -hmm. bestie, <laughs> in my head. But she is my, she is my biggest, big sister in my head, too. And I'm just going to send everything in there. And I know, because I know how television works, the producers are going to see the picture, hear the story, and then, of course, they're going to ask her about it because it's just that's just the way their mm -hmm. minds work. And everything else will work itself out from there. My job is just to just keep on pushing forward. Right. And were you the one of the only Americans there, or were there other? Because that might have been a trip, be like, oh, I'm in the netherlands and look oh uh, another american's come to see me on my book tour well actually it wasn't very many of us um was that why it was so easy to be able to meet her no that there wasn't that many no, people like the, no it was ten thousand people oh it was sold out you mean like there wasn't that many people only people who met her were like i think there were like 40 of us total uh-huh um but there was because it was so funny because one of the girls i know from um, another um, travel group that I am, am in. And she's from America, but she works in Amsterdam. And then I met two people. The people who were there who are American actually now live in Europe mm -hmm. that I met. Like, I didn't meet anybody who was from, like, like me, from New York, who right. still lives in New York, who was just there for that. Like, you know. But, like, I just found, like, I really, I was fortunate enough to get the opportunity and I was not going to let, you know, three or 4,000 miles stop me from having right. that. And was there a lot of secret service out and about with her? 
Um, or you couldn't really tell? You couldn't tell? really tell anymore, which is good I, in a way. I mean, you can definitely tell. And besides, since it was a book tour and there were so many, like, you know, tour type people helping mm-hmm. out, you couldn't tell who was who anyway. Right. And, you know, the real secret service is a type of secret service where you can't tell who they are. And then exactly. there's that big guy that you like, you definitely see. Yourself. Right. Yeah. Once I was uh, at 30 Rock and I was on the elevator with uh, Bill Clinton's secret service guys. Mm-hmm. And they did one of those things where they're like, hold on, sirs. And they like pushed me back while they got off first. And I was like, huh, that was weird. And then I realized who they were later. I didn't know who they were at the time. Yeah. Until uh, I'd walked down the hall on the third floor because he was going to be on morning joe and i just i just wanted to see bill clinton he was much taller than i imagined he would be and yeah. skinny and you know i don't know it's just like ah the president of my childhood is here like, <laughs> what a treat um speaking of presidents and stuff like that do you have any uh front runners in your own that Ooh. you're interested in? You know what? Not really. Not any of them that I've seen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm. I'm. A, I'm a little bit alarmed, in a way, just for the fact that. You know what? No, I can't say that I'm alarmed. I am concerned that if we don't have somebody that's strong, that it could split a party again, mm-hmm. and I do not want to split a ticket. Like, I, but I'm also the mindset is like this i will do whatever i need to do to do what's best for this country mm-hmm. period the end and so i will i will vote accordingly right in that manner um i really like um mayor pete he's a he's mm-hmm. a he's a doozy i was a fan of Beto for a while but i'm like anybody from texas i'm like i gotta look at that whole voting record because that always makes me leery because texas is all in all still a very conservative state right so i'm like mm. um cory booker gosh i want to love him most of the time i do love him mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, he rescues cats. He goes out in thunderstorms, and he's just—he's just all. He's like that great American, like super, mm-hmm. super guy. And he actually knows some things, but his voting record is kind of like ah. Kamala Harris, Elizabeth Warren. I love her too. Mm-hmm. So it's just like I see. See, I think someone like Kamala would be good because she's a prosecutor and would be able to maybe clean up some of these, you know crazy things that have been going on in the white house that you know maybe someone like mayor pete wouldn't be so knowledgeable about because you know he's young and isn't really well i think that kamala harris as as well is like she is kind of reminds me of a barack obama in the same is that yes she is black but she also looks out for common good mm-hmm. overall like barack obama was not a black person's president right. he was not our black president he was the president of the united states right. so he was like he looked out for the welfare of all even though like he like some things did affect him the closest thing i ever even heard him say of even bringing race into it is like when trayvon martin was mm-hmm. killed and he's like that could have been me which if you looked at him as a young boy, you're like, well, yeah, that could have mm-hmm. looks a lot a little bit like you, so it could have been, sir. I see that, but after that, then not really. And Kamala Harrison, like you know, in her record in California, is like you know, but she still had a job to do, and she did her job, right? And I feel like she does know the policy and the procedure, which is something that in our current administration we've lost a little bit of is knowing as far as like you know what we can do what we can't do right i feel like a lot of the institutional knowledge was completely wiped out we yeah you know got rid of a lot of state department people that had been there for years and it was like thanos just came through and just (laughs) what's all and uh yeah it's just been like you you remember the night obama was elected right like how yeah. joyful everybody felt like even if oh you felt joyful or i don't know i was where were terrified you? where were you in new york or were I you was in... in new york i um lived on 46th street mm-hmm. in queens and i went over to my friend cody perrette's house hey cody and me cody and kia watched the results come in me and kia are african-american 
Cody is white. And Cody was so excited. And Kia was crying. And I was crying. And then Cody just kind of looked at us. And he's like, why are you crying? And I was like, I'm happy, but I'm scared. Mm -hmm. Because I knew. And Kia, she was like, and she's like, yeah, girl, I hear you. She knew, too, is that this is our first black president. So we as black people now, like, A, he has the weight of the world on his shoulders. Mm -hmm. and he has the weight of blackness on his shoulders. Because no matter whatever he did, he was the first. Mm -hmm. And so, and he knew that going in. We knew that. So, like, we had, like, we were rooting for him no matter what. But then as black people also knew that it's like, well, the racists who really hate us are going to come for us now. And mm -hmm. by us, I mean just the people who really have no real power in the world who just go to work, who do right. who just no, normal everyday people. Because the way they look at like, they can't get to the president, but they can get to me. And I feel like that was the start. Like, that's when you get like, you know, cops pulling people over and people. Well, I mean, that's always been an issue, mm -hmm. but it's become more and more prevalent. Well, that and having a cell phone does help. Yeah. But I, I've just never seen so many black and brown people getting gunned down mm -hmm. to to a point i'm like if i just it broke my heart mm -hmm. and so i had hope but i still have hope and now i have even more hope that it's 2019 because let me tell you something when 2016 happened 2017 came january i didn't think that we'd ever make it to where we are right now mm -hmm. and now i'm like this Ooh, yes, come on. This mm -hmm. is June. This is the summertime. Summertime is coming. And then, what is it now? 16 more months after that? Mm -hmm. We'll be good. Yeah. We hope. See, my, since I, I was in college when that happened, I was a sophomore. And uh, literally, we had like an Obama. It was in my house before I moved in. I don't know who made it. It was like, uh, a Jesus, but it had Obama's face on it. And we had these tiki, uh, not tiki, Easter Island head uh, <laughs> candles, and they're all different colors. And we would light them, you know, on the, you know, just as a stupid offering thing. And then we'd heard this just like large group of people outside of our apartments, like being like, yeah, Obama, yeah. And, you know, so we all joined in on this giant, like, march around campus we went on the green we went up on like the independence hall or whatever it was called and you know people were giving speeches about how we're gonna make america great at the time <laughs> you know it wasn't like it wasn't like we were gonna be like because you have to understand like that's coming out of the bush years and coming out of the financial crisis and because if you look at the the talking points of McCain and Obama and everybody else around the time, they weren't talking about the financial crisis because it didn't happen yet. They were talking about terrorism and yeah. how we're going to deal with that and this thing and that. And then the crisis happened a few months before the election. So, you know, all the gears were changed. Um, but I just remember working 2016. I was there the night of the election and it was still kind of, Oof toss up like i was there till about two or three o'clock in the morning and i just remember like seeing co-workers come in that had to come in for the overnight just being like i can't believe this is happening um and i had a cab ride home that night and you know the guy seemed to be arab or some sort of middle eastern to me and when he was about to drop me off he's like they just called it for trump and he almost seemed happy because, you know, there, there's also, there's this, like... Because I learned that in Morocco. Like, they really, like, a lot of the people in those areas, they really do love them. Like, and my cab driver, actually, not my cab driver, the guy who was driving me around and our tour guide that day actually had a picture of him mm -hmm. and Trump taken probably, like, in the late 80s, right. maybe 90s. And he, had, and he kept it in his wallet. He's like, we love this president. Mm -hmm. See, because for me, it, it's just so strange... I mean, I think I understand for them, it's kind of like, well, I came here the right or legal way, or I'm still going through the process or whatever. And, you know, that's where they're coming from on that. Like, they're like, you know, I'm working hard to do this, da, 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 da. I'm doing everything. Yeah. So I, I get that. But on the other hand, it's just his rhetoric and everything else is just not 
anything that I would, you, you can't parse it today. He tweeted 60 retweets about Joe Biden. What, like, does this man have nothing else better to do? Exactly. Like, I don't know. Take care of our country. Or just don't even have someone else take care of it. Just be the figurehead <laughs> and, you know, show up for ceremonies and, you know, just stick to the prompter. It's not, I, I don't, I don't know. It's not um, rocket science, but he is just going to get us all killed. I just, <laughs> I just remember I reading about people the next day because I was fortunately off the next day. But, you know, I'd heard reports of people just being like on the subway. Everybody was just calm and quiet and, you know, kind of introspective. Like, how did this, how could this have happened type of thing? Um, well, I worked the next day because uh-huh. I didn't work on election day. Because I, um, I actually had been away. Actually, I think I was coming back from um, Japan. And so I didn't work the day of the election, but I did work the day after. And I remember coming into work. I have never seen, like, true. Like, I remember that subway ride was totally solemn. People on the, like, you get off and 30 Rock is usually just like, crazy buzz. No one, and everybody just looked just melancholy. And I'm like, what's wrong with you people? Like, this is what happened. It's time to move on. Like, you just have to deal with it. And a lot of people just didn't want to even deal with it or see it. Mm Mm-hmm. I think a lot of us were shell shocked a lot after that. I haven't seen anybody that shell shocked seriously since nine eleven. Right. And I mean, it was the same kind of just mellow, like, just awe. And what scares me realistically, really, is I'm like, we're gonna get through this. But that means if we get through it, there's gonna be something else that's gonna come along that's gonna even make him look like I don't know a cakewalk. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I don't know if I can handle another Trump cakewalk. Another Trump cakewalk. Right. I don't think I can handle it. Yeah. I the. I guess it's good that he seems incompetent. Yeah, well, he... Like, you know, he has these grand plans of, you know, barring people from entering the country based on their religion or, you know, barring people based upon their gender identity or... You know, yeah, but if he even had the knowledge of a basic fifth grader and their understanding of civics, then he would know that he couldn't do half of the stuff that he's talking about. Right. And that's what scares me is like now this is this is a superpower. Mm -hmm. We were one of the biggest. And now we're we're laughing stocks. Yeah. And I mean, that's the one thing I can say about traveling. And when I travel, I definitely am treated differently. Than when Barack Obama was in office versus Trump now, mm-hmm. and the beginning of Trump was like, <laughs> "What did you think of that president?" And it's right. like every I was like, "Really, guys? Why are you gonna be so hateful?" I just like, "Why, why, why?" And now they seriously want to know, like, "Why did you vote for him?" Who? And I was like, "Wait right. a minute, I didn't do this. <laughs> Let me explain." Because no one, especially if you live outside of this country really knows and considers the South or the Midwest. Mm -hmm. They know the East and they know the West. Mm -hmm. And the East being New York. Some of them may know about D.C. They know Florida. Kim Jong-un knows about Chicago because he loves the Bulls. Well, yeah. And Dennis Rodman. But that's pretty much it. I just don't understand why they couldn't get Rodman in there and just be like, Rodman, we need you. (laughs) I'm sure they tried. But Rodman, you know, he's like this. No, I won't do that to my friend. I get that. And like they know LA because they know the West, but mm-hmm. they don't think about places like Kentucky and like, you know, Arizona, Arkansas. Which I have... don't even think about Arkansas that exactly. much. Like, I always... But yeah. those those places have voters. <laughs> exactly. I mean, even though Oklahoma has like, it still has those three, like, you know, they still get this. Right. Three that's what, yeah, vote. that's what I try to explain to people because as someone from Delaware, we only get three electoral college votes too. But our vote technically is weighed more than someone from like New York or California because there's, I think there's less than a million people in Delaware Mm -hmm. and in New York, um, you know, you're supposed to be proportioned out in a certain way, but there's, you know, there's so many people in one little spot, like you've got, uh, 
I don't even know how many representatives there are in New York. I would assume it's somewhere in the 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, on the flip side of that, in Delaware, you have the North, which is more industrialized and you know city-like, and then you got the two Southern yeah. counties, which are more rural. And the people in the South always feel like their voice is getting drowned out by the North. Mm. Even though the North does economically better than the South. And, you know, you still get two senators uh, for, you know, 700, 800,000 people. Uh, and then if you go to New York, you get two senators for, what, 12 million, 13, exactly. 14 million people? Like, how know? is that? Like, I feel like the whole process is set up for. How is it right? I mean, it seemed smart at the time when they did it. Well, when there yeah. was only 13 states and exactly there weren't millions of people in the country. But now, like, you know, the things is we've changed, but we have not allowed our process to change. Right. And so, like, this is the situation we find ourselves in. Because, like, you know, like, I feel like, you know, a popular vote would have been lovely. I could have done that. Yeah. Like, you know. I mean, everything else is voted on the popular exactly. vote, except for the president. And, and what kills me is more people will vote for American Idol and like, you know, the, the well, you voice. Can vote, you can vote multiple times on those. So True. Um, True. And, also and you don't it have, would be legal. And you don't have to leave your, your, house, your house to do yeah. it. Yeah. I'm like, I'm sure if I could vote from an app, I, I feel like the government can like, you know, just stick out an app oh, every for sure. four years. Like, There's a, they could also send their taxes out too already filled out and you just look at it and be like yep that looks good but instead you know you've got lobbyists from TurboTax and h&r block that are lobbying to keep taxes difficult to understand and sons of a bitches you know any other european country you would go to that's basically what they do they go hey does this look good to you okay thank you for your taxes and that's that in america <sighs> people feel like their taxes aren't being used properly because especially if you're out in the south yeah and you have no infrastructure around you you're like well, what am i paying for and it's like you're not really paying for anything first of all because your taxes are nowhere near the level of other states uh and then what you do pay for you know you'd barely get what you need from it exactly so you know on the one hand it's like you understand their their position is that, you know, I pay taxes, but I don't see any benefit from it. But something like, you know, Medicare for all, you would see the benefit from it. So I, I don't, it's just, it's frustrating seeing people having to beg for medical services. I don't know if you watched the, uh, there was a hearing in Congress yesterday and there's an activist, A.D. Barkan. He has ALS. And he's been on TV a bunch of times. That's how I first came upon him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, now he's at a point where his tongue and diaphragm aren't strong enough for him to actually speak. So he has to use a text-to-speech synthesizer to yes. talk. So he had to have his, like, testimony, you know, typed and printed out and uh, synthesized to Congress. And it's like, how do you guys look at people like this and tell them, no, we can't afford this, but we can afford this new jumbo jet that'll drop bombs on someone, you know, halfway across the globe. Like, there, there's never any consideration about, well, how are we going to pay for that? That war. It's always, how are we going to pay for uh, medical insurance for our, our people at home? It's like, I don't know, but you should figure out a way to do it. Every other country that's industrialized exactly. has figured it out. Everybody else can figure it out, but we, as a superpower and one of the like biggest countries in the world, we can't figure it out. Something as simple as that, healthcare and, it, and I think college. It would also make people more willing to be entrepreneurs because you're not reliant on your job to give you that healthcare. Mm -hmm. So you could go do your own thing because a lot of people are kind of stifled in their career choices because they're like, well, I'm still. Paying off these loans, got to do yeah. this. Got you can't go anywhere else. But honestly, those would be the two things that could actually boost our economy, right? But and you, maybe that's what they don't want to do. Well, you understand that they use those as incentives. Mm -hmm. Like, oh well, then if this job isn't going to tell you, isn't going to give you benefits anymore, and the government's going to take care of it, how do I attract these people? I'm going to have to pay them more money. You know, it's it's. But you would think that businesses would want to 
push that cost towards the government, if you will. So yes. that's the thing that I'm kind of caught up on. And it, I guess it's the same reason, you know, with the military, why they offer the GI Bill where, you know, you can get health care and you get uh, education, college. Yeah. So, you know, if you get rid of that or make it available to everybody, then what benefit do military people get, you know? Yeah. Like what makes it beneficial to them? Why should they do it? Because everybody is looking out for themselves, but I'm just like, I think sometimes we grab for a little piece of the pie when we should just hold out for the biggest piece. Hmm. And the biggest piece is healthcare for all. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, the biggest piece is like education. Like our education system is crap in this country. I am from one of the worst states. Right. Aren't they down to like, Three-day weeks, four-day school weeks not in Oklahoma? Only where I went to school and where I went to high school, I graduated with 268, 16, there was 269 kids in my graduating class starting mm-hmm. my freshman year. On graduation day, there were 264 of us that graduated. Two other people got married and dropped out. Um, two were killed, and one, I think, moved, whatever. Mm-hmm. So... Pretty much everybody graduated. My best friend, who I went to high school with at that same high school, is now a teacher there. Mm-hmm. That same high school now has a 50% graduation rate. Wow, that's crazy. Exactly. That's what's scary. And that's the way it is all throughout the state of Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. We've had te- They had a walkout that ended up basically the teachers got... Sh- they walked out for nothing. Right. Pretty much. And... We are, I think we're number 43 or 49th in the country of one of the worst school systems. Mm-hmm. I want to say 43 because I feel like there should be a few more that are a little bit below us. Well, I, I remember when I was in high school, our freshman class started out around like 300 people. Mm-hmm. And somehow we ended up with like 200. At the end. And so I don't know. I don't know where the rest of them went. Like I know some people dropped out, but 100 people, maybe. I mean. But that's what it's coming to. And I mean, that makes sense, though, because that was, what, 10, 15 years ago? Yeah. I graduated 2007. Oh, yeah. yeah. 10 years ago. Like 12 years ago. And, you know, I think it's like kids think they know everything, you know, especially when you're 16. Yeah. And you're like, I don't need school. I'm not learning anything here. Let me go do my own thing. I can make money off of YouTube. Yeah. I could have made money off of YouTube. Well, and that's probably what some of those kids did. Because, I mean, that shows that that says to me you have a 66% graduation rate. Yeah. So that meant, like, well, 66 and like two thirds. Unless so. they all, like, got their GEDs or something. But, like, like I said, I would be, and I was in, like, honors classes and, uh, you know, advanced placement. And people dropped out that were in classes with those same classes with me. So I don't understand. I think a lot of it might have been family issues or some other things that you know and that's the sad part is that like extenuating circumstances outside of your own life can cause you to kind of stumble and fall behind like that that messes up your whole entire life though because if you if you fall behind even as like you know a freshman sophomore junior or something in high school and you don't get the grades you need to get into those colleges that you want Mm -hmm. then you can't get the college and you can't get the job that you want because like sometimes i look at my education and i want to slap myself because like when i was a a junior i think or my usually my sophomore junior year i chose like my mother wanted me to go to the school that you know like everybody went to it was like the magnet school Mm -hmm. and i was like i don't want to go i don't want to go so i even like she forced me to send out an like application i sent the application but in the application i stuck a little side letter in saying that i don't want to come to your school the only reason i'm even applying is because my mother is making me don't you dare accept me Uh and they accepted me and the way that the state of oklahoma worked is like if this school accepted you they assume that you definitely want to go so Uh they pull you out of the school that you're in and send all your records to that school so I got the letter that I'd been accepted. So I just tore up the letter and just decided to go back to my original school and keep doing what I was doing. And also in the state of Oklahoma, if you don't go to school, they go and arrest your parent. Mm-hmm. So the cops showed up at my job, my mom's job one day because I wasn't. They couldn't figure out where I was, but I was like, I'd been going to school. I just wasn't going to the school that they had this right. record of. What did you do when they were like? <laughs> 
calling roll? Like, was your name on the roll? Well, yeah, because the old schools, A, it was Tulsa Public Schools. They uh-huh. weren't that far advanced. And so, uh, you know, they were like, oh, well, we don't have you back on this. I was like, oh, it must have been a mistake because I was like, I was accepted, but I didn't want to go, but I'm here now. And they're like, well, you are here, kid. And they knew me for like, you right. know, a couple of years that I'd already been in the school system, that gone to that school. So they just added me in and it was no big deal. Like, and then lo and behold, when everything, you know, got itself worked out, I was able to go to school that I wanted to go to. Mm-hmm. But then now looking back, I was like, why? I, if I would have gone to that other school, I would have had a better education. And you could have m- maybe met somebody that was a little bit more connected or exactly. something. Exactly. Yeah. And, but that's the way that the world works. It, it's all about connections. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's like, you know, that's why we have things like the the parent um, scandal now, buying their kids in like, yeah. you know, expensive ass colleges. Because, you know, it is like you don't use any of the information really that they teach you. Well, I haven't had to really mm-hmm. use it after like high school. Like, you know, there's certain things that you have to use, especially if working in television and especially in news, because you have to like, you know, history repeats itself. Mm-hmm. Information is still like, you know, you need information to tell a story. But in general, do I ever have, I do? what do I need to know about a hypotenuse leg? I mean, exactly. if you want to build something. Yeah. No. Uh I'm good. So did the police arrest your mother or was it they just came? No, no, to, no. Like, they talk? arrested her. They did? Yeah, they arrested her. They took her down. And then, down. And then I had what to... was she saying the whole time? Well, was she's she like, like, no, she's going to school. <laughs> and no, she's like, it was so bad. It was, I got such trouble. <laughs> I would imagine. Yeah, because like then like, because then. Because uh, they're thinking you're truant. Right? Well, and, that, and, and, they, and the reason she got out is because the um, people from Hale, which is the original school that I been going to was able to send them all the paperwork like no she's been coming to school right. here da, da, da. and then it was just then it got confusing well you know you were supposed to be going to this school and i was like and my mom had no idea that i'd even been accepted mm-hmm, mm-hmm. into washington so she was like no she's going to hell i know she is she's the wheeze yeah yeah but i do regret that right now but because at the time, you wanted to stay with like your friends and exactly. You, yeah. And it's so funny because those same friends are the same like Trump supporters. Didn't think twice about me now, right? So, <coughs> excuse me. I'm sorry. I had a little bit of cough there. And um, so use your words. I don't know what to say. I feel, like, I, I feel sometimes. like we've covered a lot of topics. Okay. Um, is there anything else that you want to pitch or you want to talk about? Um, Let's see what I got going on. No, I mean, I'm always like, you know, if anybody ever wants to just check me out on Instagram, I'd always like a couple uh-huh. of followers on my like Lola page. What's your Instagram? It is xolola underscore travels, T-R-A-V-E-L-S. Now, I guess I said Instagram. It's like at XO Lola underscore travels. Right. I don't, I don't know how that Instagram. I know. Works. I love me some Instagram. I'm just, I like pictures. Pictures right. are quick. I just feel like I was uh, in high school was when the social media started. And, you know, you started in the MySpace. And then oh, we went to Facebook. And then people wanted me to keep going. And I'm like, guys, you don't even like the things I'm putting on Facebook. Why would you want me to go? <laughs> post things on a different platform for you guys to not like like i'm over it like well that's what the thing i like about the instagram like over the facebook is that insta is um pictures right but mm-hmm. i don't i don't take take a lot of pictures i'm yeah. more of a like, i take a lot of travel pictures i'm so. an ideas guy yeah like. well then you know yeah then yeah and you should just keep that for yourself or just stick that on like ideas to gram i do this thing sometimes where i'll type out something on facebook like i'll be like ah and then i, I go i look at it for a second and i go delete 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 but another fun thing that i've done is that you you can make it so that you're the only person that sees what you're writing and I'd accidentally kept it on when I was like, why is nobody liking this thing? I thought it was a cool, like, <laughs> it's non-controversial. It's non-political. It's, it's, it's got a puppy in the background. And I was I like, huh. Oh, well. And then like a week later, I was like, oh, because you turned that thing on. Because I wanted to <laughs> test something out on my Facebook to see how it would look before I presented it to the world. It just never turned it off. 
Um, <laughs> but I think that's probably the route I should go is just make my Facebook just for me. Yeah. Um, I've talked about making a blog before, a but I decided to do a podcast instead. So this is what we're doing. Well, hey, you know what? I kind of like what you're doing. It's fun. Yeah. You invited me along to come and play. It's been a good day. Yeah. Well, you invited me. Well, well yeah, kinda, first I but... told you to come to me, but then the day before I was like, wait a second. I feel like we've talked about this before. And are you allergic to cats? And you're like, yep. And I was like, no, because you would have had a great trip down to Bay Ridge. It's so fun down there. Really? Yeah. We've got, uh, there's a great Middle Eastern food all over the place. Um, oh, I do like that. The There's a Michelin star guide uh, restaurant, Tannerine down there. Ooh. They're delicious. Like, See, I would have enjoyed that. Yeah. So, but I probably wouldn't have lived coming back. No. Like, well, maybe I'm, maybe I'm like you could just come to Bay Ridge and, do and that hang out and, and yeah. not stop by the kitties. Um, no, when you say kitties, that's plural. Yeah. Oh, they're God. brother and sister. I definitely would have been out. At the time, I thought they needed one another. <laughs> but now I realize. They were good. They would have been fine. Not with each other, but you know. <laughs> you live, you learn. You don't know. <laughs> Well, Kit, I would like to thank you for being on the Vaudacity. Thank you. We would love to have you back sometime after you've done some more travels and more shows. I would love that. Um, and this has been another exciting episode of the Vaudacity. Catch us at www.pucketproductions.com. We're also on iTunes and Google now. So you can do that. And I'm trying to get on Spotify, but I don't know how that works. So we'll see you guys later. 